For eight months now, public officials have asked us to fight the pandemic together by making good individual choices. Wear a mask, keep your distance, stay home. I cannot stress how important your individual actions are right now. What you do, what we all do, will determine how much worse the coming weeks will look. But getting individuals to do the right thing for a long time, even if it's for the greater good, is not easy. WBEZ's Mariah Wolfel has more about why and how some doctors and experts are trying to combat that. 12,000 new COVID cases a day. A 179% increase in hospitalizations in the past month. A 12.4% positivity rate. What do those numbers mean to you? Northwestern University professor Marla Clayman says if you're like a lot of people, maybe not much. You know, our hospitals in Illinois are nearing capacity. Uh, that's not really what gets most people going. That's not something that feels really like emotionally salient for them. Clayman works with a group of doctors trying to shake people out of what seems to be a comfort with COVID. To do that, they're thinking and talking about what people really respond to. And frankly, it's not statewide case increases. And so it is more about things like, what do you need to do to make sure that you're safe, your neighbor's safe, your grandmother is safe? Because... Keeping cases down is also what keeps hospitalizations down, which is also what keeps deaths down. The idea that rising hospitalization rates don't resonate with everyday people, it gets to one aspect of the difficulty of fighting COVID. Psychologist Gretchen Chapman says it's called the public goods dilemma. Meaning that it's in each individual person's self-interest, or certainly most individual people's self-interest, to do the non-cooperative thing, to get together with their friends, to go to bars, to go on vacation, whatever they want to do. Um, But if everyone does that, the group is much worse off than if everyone cooperated and did the responsible thing. Chapman researches decision-making in healthcare at Carnegie Mellon University. We all tend to be more selfish than we should be and not pay enough attention to the effect on others of our behaviors. So you can't count on people's self-interest to accomplish the public good or what's in the best interest of the community. For several reasons, she says. One, because our brains are just not wired to process fear in the way public officials might be asking us to do during the pandemic. Our risk perception is influenced more than just the objective numbers that we look at on the public health department website. It's also really influenced by our experience. So many people, even six months into the pandemic, they haven't gotten infected. Nobody in their close circle has gotten infected, or if they have, it was a mild case. And so their personal experience is telling them this situation is not very dangerous. In other words, if you're not affected by COVID-19 personally, it's easier for it to become someone else's problem. Another reason it's hard to convince people to make choices for the common good, while fear about COVID might have been at the forefront of our minds in March, other fears like loneliness, financial insecurity, depression, might be overshadowing concerns about the virus. I mean, we have multiple goals. Uh, Avoiding COVID is one goal, but we also want to earn an income so we don't get evicted from our apartments. We want to maintain healthy social relationships and good mental health. So it seems fairly reasonable for someone to say like, you know, look, my mental or physical health demands that I do these things. So I've waited long enough. Now I'm going to do them. But Chapman says there are ways to solve this public goods problem with clear and consistent rules. One way is just to make regulations. 
Like it's in the public good for people to pay taxes so that we have government services. But if we left that up to people's individual decision-making to volunteer to pay taxes, then we would get very few taxes paid. But she says public officials have an extremely fine line to walk right now because there are two ways that people respond to regulations. Take shutting down bars or restaurants, for instance. Whether you go to bars or not, shutting them down could send a signal. Where people think to themselves, oh my goodness, uh, if the mayor is closing down bars, that must mean that the pandemic is really serious. I need to pay attention and be careful. Or it could have the opposite effect. You know, obviously you don't want people to get so angry at your draconian requirements that they actually engage in more risky behavior than they would have if there had been no requirements. That's something that resonates with Marla Clayman, the expert from Northwestern. There is always in public health a tension between individual freedom and public benefit. Always. It's the same discussion that we had about motorcycle helmet laws, seatbelt laws, uh, cigarette laws, on and on and on. On the one hand, um, you know, that's an important discussion to have. But she is hoping for stronger action now, as the state is seeing 12,000 cases a day. She points to guidance issued this week by Governor J.B. Pritzker's office that's reminiscent of March's stay-at-home order. It's a stay-at-home order without calling it an order, uh, and without the enforcement behind it. Um, I don't know that that is a strong enough message. Governor Pritzker has hinted that a stricter stay-at-home order may be coming. But for now, he's asking Illinoisans for the next three weeks to work from home, to venture out only for essentials, to do the right thing for the greater good as cases and hospitalizations skyrocket. Mariah Wolfel, WBEZ News.